That, a podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of HSDT. I hope you all had a great holiday weekend. We had a wonderful 4th of July celebrating Independence Day and even got to relax a bit, which if you've been following our last two weekends at Terrania Resort and then Ojai, you'll know we have been go, go, go this summer. So it was really nice to enjoy the pool, good food, and great time with friends. I hope that you can say the same. Wow. Well, if you are a new listener who joined us last week for Julie Friedman's episode, or perhaps you were introduced to us through Lindsay Zorick or one of our more recent guests, welcome. We have had an incredible week of growth for the podcast, and it's been heartwarming for me to see. From listeners sharing the podcast on social media to people sharing their love for our new Malibu merch drop, which you can hear more about on last week's Friday Favorites. It makes me so excited for all that's to come because for those of you who are new, this podcast just turned one year old last month. So this is still very much a new and young podcast, which I think is why your support has meant so much to me. It's really crazy to see the growth that we're experiencing. So again, Thank you and welcome. Well, speaking of support, I wanted to say a quick thank you to a listener who highlighted HSDT on her weekly email edit. Elizabeth Matthews of Elizabeth Lanier Designs shared the podcast as a great resource to listen to. Thank you so much for doing so, Elizabeth. Well, you all are in for a very entertaining and encouraging episode today with my new friend, Mary Hollis Huddleston of Mrs. Southern Social. Mary's incredible tips for networking, event planning, hosting, and her experience as an entrepreneur will inspire you today and in the days ahead. You're definitely going to want to share this with a friend. Here is Mary Hollis Huddleston on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Mary Hollis Huddleston, is the founder of Mrs. Southern Social, your online resource for Southern charm without lifting an arm. Mary is a Nashville native, former event planner, entrepreneur, and author with her debut novel, Without a Hitch, coming out in December 2021. As a working Southern woman who loves to welcome people into her home and throwing dinner parties, Mary's recommendations, tips, and tricks for all things hosting is what brings women back to her blog time and time again. When Mary isn't delegating the decor, sharing her recipes, or favorite places to travel, she is likely enjoying time with her darling family, which includes her husband and two children, her daughter, and a son. Mary, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am, like I said to you before, I am so flattered and honored to be here, and I love this podcast. So uh, again, thank you for having me. Uh, well, I have been so eager to share your story. We have so many different things in common, and I love to unpack. I, it's so fun to know where you're at now in your career and to be able to see all the amazing things you and your husband have done on the entrepreneurial side, event planning, et cetera, et cetera. But to know where you came from and what your path kind of looked like is my favorite thing about conversations like this. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to dive in. Me too. Let's do it. Oh, awesome. Well, I'd love to begin at the very beginning. We have so many listeners who are uh, either young entrepreneurs, recent grads, we've got empty nesters, but how about you tell us a little bit about where you went to school, perhaps what you majored in, and maybe even where you're from? Absolutely. Well, I am what we like to call now a unicorn here in Nashville. I am born and <laughs> raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so we have so many transplants coming in right now, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I am actually, you know, a local. But I spent about 12 years total in Dallas, Texas, well, Fort Worth and Dallas. And I ended up I, in Texas because I attended TCU oh, uh, in Fort Worth loved my college experience. And I majored in broadcast journalism. And I thought for, you know, those four years, for, or for, I guess, four and a half, that I was going to be a broadcast news 
reporter, anchor, <laughs> producer, and, you know, as I'm sure many of the other women on this show, life throws you curveballs and um, ended up in event planning. But my background is in broadcast journalism. And it's interesting because I think it's it, that has really helped me, um, especially, you know, as you mentioned, with the book coming out, all mm -hmm. that background in writing and public speaking has, even though I didn't, you know, pursue that career, it really helped um, with all my future entrepreneurial activities. Oh, it's so fun. And it's funny because sometimes when I have guests on, they'll tell me their major and I'll be like, are you serious? Wow. I wouldn't have <laughs> pinned you for that. But this one, I have to say, Mary, that, that fits you. That totally makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, it, 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 when, when I, um, I was hesitant and I'm sure we'll get into this to ever get on Instagram onto that platform. Mm. Um, and when they introduced stories and I know a lot of people that had, you know, were very comfortable being on Instagram, had trouble kind of transitioning into getting into stories. That was not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mind being, you know, looking at myself on the camera. Oh my so yes. I had that background and I, you know, I got yeah, confident in my ability to speak mm. on camera. Uh, because of my experience at TCU. Oh, wow. Well, that's so fun. Well, tell me this because it's going to be interesting. You, you, is it that you dove right into event planning? What was your first role out of school and perhaps how did you land that job? Absolutely. Um, yes. And I tell this story all the time. I kind of fell into the world of event planning before it really was popular like it is today. Mm. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, 12 years ago when I was starting my career, and I'll speak to that in just a moment, but, uh, there weren't, there were not wedding planning, um, eventing all of this. There was, there was really not this, um, market for it. Like there is now, I mean, now you can go to college and get a hospitality degree. Wow, um, yeah. that did not exist when I was in university. Um, and so what happened was my senior year, I could have graduated early, but I was having too much fun in college and did not want to. <laughs> so I, by last my second semester, which when I was applying for jobs in the reporting or in the broadcast journalism world, I was also taking some fun extra classes because I really, you know, I fulfilled my requirements. And one of the classes I took was called the sociology of weddings. And the reason oh I took gosh. that class was because I loved the professor and I had taken some of her other sociology classes. So long story long, I took this class, <laughs> fell in love with the curriculum, what she was talking about. And we had a guest speaker come in who was a wedding planner. Her name is Mary Wright Shaw. She still owns her business, very successful in Dallas, Diamond Affairs. Um, she's a wedding planner there. And she came and spoke to our class and casually mentioned that she was taking interns. And, um, it's, you know, one thing or another, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I decided that broadcast journalism was not for me. I, at that point, this was like right at graduation. I was like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? And I had reached out to her kind of earlier in after she spoke to our class and had gone over to Dallas, which was just, you know, 30, 45 minute drive and helped her with a few events. Uh. And, you know, I had been telling her that I don't, I didn't think I wanted to take my job in Tyler, Texas, making $30,000 a year as right. a reporter after all. And she said, well, just come work for me. I need some help. I can pay you. It was not very much, but it was enough to get by in Dallas, mm. um, in the suburbs. And, uh, <laughs> so I started working with her as a wedding planner and that's really how I, you know, fell into the world of weddings, as I say, and kind of all my other businesses that I know we'll talk about as well. Um, they all, they all relate to events in one way mm. or another. My book, my party rental company, Mrs. Southern Social. Mm -hmm. And it all kind of started there with that experience I gained with Mary. And um, as we say now, you know, as we take interns or as I've worked in the party business for, you know, over a decade, you are either made for this business or you are not. <laughs> I actually don't even think a degree will help you. Right. Um, when I ended up with my second job, which was really where I gained the most experience and um, kind of the basis of my fictional novel that's coming out, uh -huh. um, Todd events. He is kind of the king of events in the party planning, um, event design in the South. He's just brilliant. And I got that job after working with Mary and, um, you know, what we would do is when we would have people come in to intern, 
we would look at their resume, they'd look qualified, but we would just have them meet us at a party. And there was nothing that, I mean, we wouldn't ask them to do anything crazy, but you could tell right away if they were cut out for the job or not. And I guess I was cut out for it because I can't seem to get out of the business. (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, it's so fun because so many people who are tuning in, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Mary and her work, but if not, you might've been listening to think, okay, what, what does it look like to step into event planning? And I think you just said something that's so true. I don't know that a major can prepare you to step into this industry. I think there's so much personality. I mean, even for you to mention, like if you're, you know, bringing on an intern, you guys wanted to meet them at a party to see them in an element that, that they either needed to navigate and, and be friendly and, and be personable and, and all those things. So it's a great encouragement for those of you who are listening, thinking about, okay, I love events. I love people, but I didn't major in it. Well, perhaps that's going to be okay. And, and keep that in mind as we continue to listen to Mary's story. Well, okay. This is really fun because you just mentioned that this second role really is where your passion and excitement for your book came from and your inspiration. What did that role look like? What were you doing with Todd events like to the day to day? Absolutely. So at the time he did not he was not a planner. He was just okay. an event designer, basically a florist, but that, I mean, to just call him a florist is not doing him justice. He did <laughs> full production, like wow. at all the event design. If you ever, if you want to see some great event porn is what I like to call it. Go <laughs> to Todd events, uh, his, his Instagram. Um, but we were Mary Wright Shaw, the, the woman I worked for right after college was a, was a wedding planner. And she would often hire him to do the design and decor for her parties. Well, then he he decided after a few years, I was, I guess, with Mary for about a year and a half, and he decided to bring wedding planning in-house to his business. Wow. And so he was basically building up his wedding team. And my next boss, who is equally fabulous and now has her own company, had a lot of inspirational, wonderful women mentor me throughout my career. Mm. Her name's Sarah Faye Egan. And she, you know, said, if you're ever, you know, looking to move, we would love to hire you. And Mary gave her blessing. My, my former boss, the other thing in this business, and I'll speak to this later is Mm. never burn bridges (laughs) because you never know when you're going to, you might need to go back to somebody. Um, or one day they might be your boss, but, um, Mary said, listen, I can't pay you anymore at this time. You should go. That's an amazing opportunity. And it really was. So Mm. I moved over to Todd. I got in early. Um, I'm sure you hear this so often with people's stories. Timing is everything. Mm. Um, And I got in early in the business and really helped them build their wedding division. I focused on planning, but it was, but what was cool about Todd is that I got to really see the whole the whole business and mm. anything related to weddings and parties, social events, um, from flowers to party rentals, which is now pretty much all that I do to the planning right. side. And I was exposed to so much and I got to learn so much. And that was really crucial in kind of what happened to me later um, mm. that we'll get into as well. Uh, yeah, and being able to see all the different elements of of the industry that you're that you're stepping into, I think, is so cool. Well, tell me a little bit because I know we, we've got a family here at some point. We've got your own wedding to plan. What's oh happening in your personal life at this time? So at that time, we joked um, that it was like the perfect job <laughs> for <laughs> dating guys. It was good and bad, but um, <laughs> I met my husband. Probably towards the, I, I stayed with Todd for six years. Um, oh, wow. I ended up working in Dallas and other, again, we'll get there. Um, but I was with Todd for six years. And I would say in about my last year with him, I met my husband um, through mutual friends. Oh. And he actually is from Dallas, but went to Vanderbilt in Nashville. Oh. Um, so that was kind of cool that we were, you know, we joked that we were passing each other probably in the air and airplanes, but we never oh. knew each other. Oh. And, um, we, it was, but I was going back to what I said before. It was actually a great job because he loved that he could play golf on Saturdays while I was working events. And (laughs) then we would meet up after the weddings and go out and have a good time. Um, but then that's not exactly conducive to having a family. So Mm. I kind of saw that writing on the wall and, um, I loved working for Todd, but it is very much a you know, there are no set hours. We, we, we joke that you work as much as probably the people on wall street. And so, um, I decided I wanted to shift. And so when we got engaged, 
I ended up taking a job at the Nasher Sculpture Center just to do all of their internal events. It's a much, you know, it's a, it's one of our fabulous museums in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was much more scheduled corporate Mm -hmm. nine to five, which I, you know, being a newlywed knew that I would want to have more time with Paul. So, you know, as much as I love the event world, it is tough in certain areas of the event world to have a balanced family life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if that balanced family life exists, exists period. If you own your own business, right. <laughs> um, but I knew I needed to take a step back. So again, I left Todd on great terms. Mm-hmm. I'm actually still friends with a lot of people that I worked with there. And, um, I also needed a break from brides. I think, mm. you know, this will resonate with a lot of people that sometimes you just get burned out and you need to make a change. And I knew I didn't want to leave the world entirely, but I just didn't want to do the exact position that I was in. Right. Uh. So yes, we got married. And then shortly thereafter, we spent about a year in Dallas. I got pregnant with my first child and we knew we wanted to raise a family in Nashville. Um, and so, and my husband was fine, like was excited to move to Nashville too, because he loved it from college. Mm-hmm. And so that's what led to the next step, which we'll get into. I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Well, it's so fun to kind of think about. I love kind of adding in the parallel of what's happening in your personal life. Now tell me this, because this is always interesting when I get to this point in the story and it's probably on my own end kind of selfishly, um, as I'm not a mom yet, as you stepped into being a mom and you welcomed your first child and and you're looking at your career at some point, what did it look like? Was that a hope and a dream? Hey, maybe, you know, I've got so much experience. This could be something that I do again as a mother on my own. What did that transition in those early years kind of look like for you? Absolutely. I think I had that in the back of my mind that you can, you can be a a wedding planner, event planner in the wedding world to some, you know, and have a family. And I saw that I could do that as I was working for Mary, which I think is why I wanted to, you know, really build up my experience and my resume working for somebody else mm. um, while I was single and then dating and engaged, but before I had kids. Whereas what I, I what made me, I didn't say this earlier, but what made me change my mind ultimately with broadcasting was that mm. I saw that it was very difficult to have a family life. And mm. by the time I was probably going to make it to where I wanted to be in the broadcast world, that was probably going to be when I wanted to start having kids. Oh, and wow, yeah. I saw very few women that had the life that I knew I wanted in that business. Whereas in the event world, there were a lot of independent wedding planners it, that were able to make it work and have kids. Because when you're your own boss, as you know, there are times where it's crazy, but you can, you hopefully the goal is to, when you're your own boss, that you can have that time or make time to also have a family, but it did take a while and I'm still learning. I have not done any of it perfectly. (laughs) Um, you know, I did go out on my own when we moved to Nashville. Uh, I, because I had had that street cred built up as an event planner. I worked for about a year at the Nashville sculpture center before I left and came to Nashville. And, um, it's funny enough. I, I really, I had thought about it, but I wasn't at the time I had a one-year-old, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I was ready to start a business. But one of my former clients from Todd had Uh, another daughter that was getting married in Nashville. And she and I had had such a great relationship. She called and said, would you want to plan a wedding or, you know, do the wedding here? And so I said, sure. And that's how I started my first, uh, my first own business, which was a wedding as a wedding planner here in Nashville. Oh my gosh. Now tell me this. And this is, I wonder if you can think of this as you step into this and how many weddings, this is like a crazy question off the bat. How many weddings do you think you have done? Hundreds. 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 (laughs) Yes. I can't even count. If you count the parties and the social and all of that in between, I mean, I've tried to count them up before and I cannot, but it's definitely (laughs) in the hundreds. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, tell me this because it's so fun to hear. And I love when, when people are listening, it's like, okay, well, well, that was just so easy. You know, this former client, we've got another, you know, daughter getting married, et cetera, et cetera. But, but that's not really the case because in your story, and as we'll continue to, to hear, I'm sure networking, 
working. And like you said, keeping those great relationships has been so key for you. So it's such an awesome encouragement for those who are listening as you step out and as you're working on different projects. Well, this was the the introduction and the the door that opened up for you to step out and, and begin doing this on your own. Was there a big push after that first wedding? It was like, I'm back. Here's Mary. Here's my business. Or what did it look like to to begin to get more clients after that first original one and to really say, okay, I have my own wedding event planning business myself. Sure. Well, it could have gone to, there was kind of a fork in the road to answer your question. And, Mm. um, I could have continued because really what I tell people that want to get into the planning world is intern for somebody. That's really how you have to get in. And it Mm. doesn't just have to be as a wedding planner. You can work at a hotel. Mm. You can work. I mean, people don't realize like the hospitality business is huge. You can be an internal event person. Like I was for a while at the museum. Mm. And what happens is like you said, you just said, you form relationships and connections and someone will say, Hey, I've got a birthday party. Can you help with it? You say, sure. And then their friend sees how fabulous it is, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, we have a baby shower. Would you be able to help? And then the next thing you know, you're doing a wedding and then the sister's getting married or the friend sees it. Word of mouth is the best way to get business in this industry. And I still stand by that even now owning a huge party rental company. We, we do very little advertising. Um, our advertising comes from the images that get out from our events and from word of mouth from the clients loving us. And those are the clients you want anyway. I think when you just throw your net out there and say, I'm a wedding planner or try to advertise, you might get clients that are not actually worth right. <laughs> you taking the business. Right. Um, but going back to the fork in the road, I did. I had a couple inquiries come out of that wedding. Oh. Even the venue said, uh, we did, a, it was at Cheekwood and they said, Oh, are you going to, you know, take other weddings? Cause we'd love to refer you. This was such a great experience. And at what had happened though, in the process of planning that wedding is I realized there were no high end event rentals in Nashville. Like mm. I was used to having access to in Dallas wow. and this client wanted those things. And so I went to my husband, we ended up pulling from well, we ended up building some ourselves. It's kind of how I started. Please be seated. I went to my husband and I said, look, you know, this is crazy. He was doing real estate here. I said, but there's a hole in the market. I'm planning this wedding. I really think that we could start like a small rental company and do these. When I say, you know, high-end rentals, I mean like fancy bars, fancy seating, big items, not China glass and silver and all of that. Right. And I said, there's a hole in this market. Like, what do you think about me having, you know, what we thought would just be kind of like a little capsule collection, my side hustle. And (laughs) so we made a relative, I mean, I would say a small investment. It was about a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's not small amount of money, but given where the business is gone, that was a small investment. Yeah. Um, in sourcing products, which I knew where certain things came from because I had worked for Todd and he had, you know, built an inventory for his clients. So I knew kind of where to get things and I knew where he had things built in Dallas. And I even sent him an email again, going back to, you know, not burning bridges. I said, Hey, I'm thinking about maybe you know, I was doing a few weddings here. I'm thinking about possibly bringing in some rentals. We're east of the Mississippi. I'm not going to step on your territory, like <laughs> giving you a heads up. And he basically was like, you go girl. Um, Love it. and so what started is like, okay, I just need these things for the party that I'm planning. What ended up happening is actually those images went more viral and people were like, where'd that bar come from? Where'd that stage front come from? Ooh, those are fancier dining chairs than just the folding chairs we have here. And so we just like, I kept, what would happen is our first person said, Oh, can I rent all the stuff from that wedding? I said, sure, of course. And then they said, but, uh, we also, do you have any banquette seating? And I said, Uh... yes. And we didn't have any. And (laughs) We had six weeks to get it together and we did. So, um, yes, well, I'm sure we'll get into more, but I'll stop there. Oh, but that's gosh. kind of how one thing led to another. So for those of us, myself, I'm putting myself in this category, <laughs> who knows basically nothing about kind of this, this rental world that, that you stepped into, where is the actual physical stuff? Are you guys buying it and keeping it in a garage or you are the, the resource and the in-between man that says, Hey, yeah, we can get this for you. And then you went off and found it. I mean, you're, are you, you're going to factories and finding this stuff? What what does that look like? 
No, it started very bootstrap, just like you said. And I feel like a lot of people start in their garage. Right. <laughs> you know, I, it did. Like floors start in their garage. I mean, so many people do. Yes. We had a few things and we had a storage facility and it was my husband driving, you know, 24 foot trucks. As we've learned, the labor side of this business is the hardest part. Oh, my yeah. job is easy. My job to find the products, have the products built and sell them. That's easy. It's mm. the setting and striking and the labor involved that's tough, but we mm. don't need to get into that. But what I was saying is, yes, we started in our garage in my kitchen I had a little baby, you know, in her little saucer toddling around <laughs> and, you know, listen, the timing is always horrible. I think, you know, people ask all the time about timing of family and businesses. Yes. You got to strike when they're, when the iron is hot. There right. was, I saw a hole in the market. I had customers already coming to me, even though I didn't really even have all the product. I said yes. And then figured it out, which is again, another mm. tip. Just say yes. And then figure it out. If you reason, if, you know, if you know, you can. Yes. And, um, all of a sudden he just, I mean, he had to stop doing his real estate business for a while because he wow. had to help me because it just started taking off and we would just add to our collection piece by piece. Wow. And then once we grew out of that first rental space, we then bought our first, my husband bought our first building. We had other tenants in there as well, because we could not afford to be our only tenant. <laughs> and, you know, then we bought, you know, slowly we added to the inventory, we added trucks, we added labor. We added, wow. you know, we, we built the business kind of as we had the clients. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I think this is such a great, uh, kind of example for anyone who's thinking about stepping out and starting your own business. You really did step in. There's so many good things. This is kind of one of those moments, pause and rewind and listen to everything that Mary just said, but you would step in as needed. You, you grew. It sounds like you really paced yourself and grew as needed. You would add in things when there was the need, when clients were asking for it. Um, and I think that's such a good example. What is it? Tell me this, cause this is going to be fun. What was an item that was a part of your rentals that made you feel like, Oh, I have arrived. I cannot believe that I'm like assisting with this element of a party. Oh, I yes. can't believe that we're doing this. Yes. So stage fronts, it's so oh. funny. Those are the items they sit there. They're wooden, you know, decor pieces that, that instead of having just a black skirting on your stage, you can do, you know, there's so many options now. I mean, Gosh. we have like 10 different options, but they cover the front of the band line and it just looks so clean. And it's like the you know, it just, oh. it's all the detail it, yes. that you sometimes gets lost on the event or those things. It's like your tent can be so beautiful, but you have this ugly stage skirting and no one in Nashville had those. Oh. No one in Nashville had anything other than a white, black and mahogany bar. And wow. that's the other thing is like, look at, I looked at what our market was doing and mm. there's always been money in Nashville and they just didn't, they didn't know what they didn't know. So right. when, as we introduced items, people then were like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. But wow. the stage fronts were really kind of put us on the map and all of the other rental companies all of a sudden started building stage fronts, which, you know, uh, that's what happens. Yes. But um, <laughs> that was, that was really fun to see that the reaction um, from our clients, they were like, oh my gosh, it like, it really does. It transforms the the dance floor area, which is like a focal point of most people's receptions. Um, so that's been fun. And I mean, it's always, it's a hard business to be in, but it's so fun and rewarding. Hmm. Um, and what I loved about the rental business. And again, it sounds like I just kept falling into these things, but <laughs> I, I saw an opportunity. I saw a hole in the market yeah. and I could have stayed in event planning, but I, there were, there were always going to be wedding planners. I mean, at the time there weren't as many in Nashville as there are now, right. but so I could have kept going there and probably built a very successful book of business, but that lifestyle is very tough. Yes. And I was able to find a, like a piece of the pie of the whole event pie that allowed me to have a home life and still be part of the party. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so true. It's so true. And, and, and too, I love what you just shared about really every time you saw the, the opportunity and you said this a while ago, strike while the iron's hot. It feels like that's definitely what you've done in all of the different entrepreneurial endeavors that you've stepped into. Now, I want to know this because I know that Ms. Southern Social has been a really fun part of your businesses and how a lot of people have found you. What, when does this come into play? When did you start Absolutely. to think, okay, I can share this, you know? 
Sure. Well, please be seated. You know, it was very hands-on at the beginning as any business is from stage, from ground one. Like, you know, it is a lot hard work. Anyone that now thinks that they can just start something, I'm like, listen, it's a lot of work. And (laughs) we're back to that again, honestly, after COVID, I feel like a little bit like I'm starting from scratch in a way, and we can speak to that later. But, um, and it's good. It's much better. It's a good problem, but I'm, I'm much more hands-on right now. Like I was in the beginning, Hmm. but about year three or four, I was not needed. I mean, I had a great sales team, you know, logistics was churning and burning. We had the count, you know, all of those things that I was having to do, I delegated to other people. We hired up and we were able to do that. We grew our business. And so, you know, and around that time too, I had my second child. Mm -hmm. And so I just wasn't needed, but I really missed the creative part. And so I also saw again, a hole in the market. Mm that there was, you know, entertaining was kind of coming back, especially in the South and definitely over the last year. Yes. So many people are into entertaining. And so I started this Instagram account. Now I'd be lying to say that I didn't also start it thinking about the fact that I might have a book come out one day and Uh that it would be a great marketing tool. Uh Um, but we'll get into that when we talk about the book, but I, started this Instagram account and I, it was kind of for the modern Southern woman for, for me, I saw again, there was a hole that like, okay, I have my grandmother's Sterling tea set. I have all these beautiful linens that I inherited and that I, I love hosting at home, but like, I'm not going to spend all day cooking in the kitchen. I've got young kids. I still have a business that I pop into every now and then. How can you entertain with grace and style you know, and it looked like your mother did it, but without spending all that time doing it. I also found that now in today's society, there is somebody to do everything. And it's actually cheaper for me to go pick up food that's going to be way better than I cook (laughs) than it is for me to try to cook it, make it from scratch. So that's what Mrs. Southern Social kind of turned into was, I joke, it's like the delegating dinner hostess. And I don't mean just throwing money at every problem. Now, sometimes I do, but, um, (laughs) I also just mean, there's so many amazing vendors out there that you can call upon to make your, your event, whether it's, you know, for just your family or for a holiday party. We throw a holiday party now every year. That's got about 150 people, but so that you can actually enjoy not only the event itself, but the process. Right. Oh my gosh. So true. And I love, I, and you guys, many of you who are listening, you may be familiar with, with Mary's writing and with the blog, but I was looking at it earlier today and I love it. I agree. There's so many things to be said about delegating the different tasks that are not your giftings or perhaps not what you want to do. And you give so many great tips over on Miss Southern Social to say, okay, where can we delegate? What can this look like? No, you just said something really interesting. And this is a theme that I've seen with guests. And I just want to hear a little bit about your thoughts on this because it's it would be interesting to know. Um, because yeah, last year, it did seem, and you were actually ahead of the curve on this. It did seem that home entertaining came to came became even more of a thing in 2020. Obviously, because so many people were at home. Did you see that in your own business? Oh my goodness! Well, yes and no. Okay. I saw Mrs. Southern Social grew tremendously. Wow! Please be seated. Did not. Oh, um, obviously, yeah. because yeah. well, you couldn't host. You know, well you really couldn't host large gatherings and most people rent from us. If you're having a party over 20 people. Right. And cause I feel like most people can handle under 20 with their own stuff or they'll just, you know, I often preach this. I mean, I do a lot of beautiful paper tables on Mrs. Southern social where you can throw everything away afterwards. Um, and that's also because there's so many fabulous paper products now. I mean, that, that didn't exist, you know, a long time ago, you, you would have the white China plate. Now there's so many amazing, I have a whole, link of just party paper vendors. And, um, but to speak to that, no, we really, you know, all the events came to a screeching halt in public spaces. Hmm. So that really shut down the rental world. But what happened was on Mrs. Southern social side, it was like, all right, how do we use what we already have? How do we jazz up our China or what can we do outside? How can we have a bougie picnic? You know, cheese boards became the rage. (laughs) (laughs) And make a cheese board. So, um, it, small gathered, small inter, small groups of um, for entertaining really grew, but large group entertaining obviously slowed down. Now, that being said, the host has been turned back on in the South, and we could not <laughs> cannot keep up with business, which is a wow. problem, but it's a great problem. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Well, and too, so many people who have been, yeah, who've been itching to get out, perhaps they move their wedding date. I mean, it's fun to think about how busy you'll likely be. Well, this has been so fun because it's fun to touch. And, and I honestly, Mary, I could talk to you forever. There's so many different things. I'm like, wait, what about this? What about this? I know. I love it. But I do have to ask because it's been fun to kind of navigate and think through, okay, these different highlights in your career. And again, you've done so many different things. And I love to, and I spoke with a guest recently who, who kind of mentioned this, all of your different businesses, they helped elevate the others. I love that you've been able to do Mrs. Southern social as well as please be seated. It all kind of ties in together. And so for those of you who are listening and you, you kind of, there's a challenge of, I, Oh, I love this. And I love that. Well, take a look at Mary's story. She was able to do a couple of different things and they all elevate one another, they go hand in hand. Um, but I'd love to know, are there any instances throughout your career that you can actually look back on and you'd say failure helped shape it? Absolutely. Um, yes. So the um, one thing, please be seated. We we were about to sell the business about oh, four years wow. ago and because we had an opportunity. And at the last minute, the deal fell through and we were devastated because it wasn't our decision that it fell through. Mm. And I wouldn't, I guess it's a, you know, a failure of sorts, but I mean, it was, it was, it was just at the time devastating, but thank God that we did not sell because now so much has come from that. We grew, we ended up expanding after that. And I mean, had we sold back then also, I really think it would have I mean, I'm selfish that with Mrs. Southern Social, I always have an (laughs) arsenal of party supplies to pull from for my shoots or my events. And it just, yes, it would have, it would have, it would have led to so many other things that I don't think were, would have been as fabulous as, as they are now. I did a bad job explaining that, but (laughs) I think the, the fact that that deal fell through was the best thing that ever happened to us. Uh, well, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, it, it's amazing to look back on different elements of your life and you're right in that moment. And perhaps those of you who are listening, you, you might feel this way. There might be something that that's unexpected or dang, this isn't going the way that I had hoped, but to your point, no, 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 there was a lot more to come for please be seated that you wouldn't have, have been able to see. Now on the flip side, I'd love to know what has been a real wow moment for you in your career. I would say pinning my deal with um, HarperCollins. Um, to speak to the book very quickly and, and yes. just kind of this overall theme. Um, again, I, I have always, I have found my my greatest success in, in, in um, identifying holes in the market and really going down that path. Meaning someone else, like Mrs. Southern Social, there are a lot of people that do entertainment, but I do it kind of with humor, tongue in cheek. You'll see from my post today. I really <laughs> resonate with my followers with like, you know, it is hard to, to be a mom, to do all the things, to, to be a businesswoman. And if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Like I try to keep it light. And I think so many people are so dang serious. So <laughs> I just, I've, I've listened and I've seen, um, kind of where there has been room for expansion and I've gone that direction. And that being said, I never thought in a million years, I'd write a book. I was never like, I want to be a writer. I want to write a book. That was never my goal. However, I spent, you know, all this time as an event person and the stories that I had, you just cannot make up. I mean, (laughs) the stuff I have seen and the things that I have done and I kept a journal and I'm not even a journal. Like I don't (laughs) journal about anything else in life, but I kept a journal of these stories and one thing led to another. And I, um, ended up meeting with Dupree Miller, who's our literary agent out of Dallas. And I, you know, met with one of their literary agents when I was living in Dallas around the time Mrs. Southern social started. And I said, Hey, I've got all these stories. Like, what do you even think? Like, I'm not looking to do a nanny diaries. And they said, this is amazing material. You definitely should do something. I ended up pairing up with a former friend from college who is an amazing writer. And so then we, they said, we well, got to write the book. That's how fiction works. You actually have to write the book. You're a first time author. It took us between having babies and all the other things we had going on about five years. So again, wow. whoever's like, I'm just going to write a book. I'm like, it's Good a luck. lot harder than you think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. We spent about five years writing the novel. And wow. then, and it changed even so much through the editing process, but our literary agent loved it. We shopped it around. We ended up signing with HarperCollins. And I think when that deal actually happened, I was like, oh my God, this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And I have some other things in the works now that are going to be some aha moments. I can't share them now, but you know, God has been good, but it just, there was also to the book, there was a hole in the market. Nothing like that existed. Um, there are a lot of fictional novels that have kind of weddings in and out, or it's about a wedding planner. This is very different. Um, and it's funny, it's a rom-com, but it's the weddings are the, the forefront of the book and that's what makes it different. And, I'll never tell what's true and not true, but so much of it's true that's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we are all so excited about Without a Hitch. Now, tell me this. I mentioned earlier, it's coming out in December. Is that going to be an option for a Christmas present for people? Absolutely. It's December 7th. Okay. Um, is the actual release date. You'll be able to, you know, you can pre-order them now, um, but actually you can get them in your hands December 7th. And then book number two will come out the next year. We've already started on that one. So there will be a sequel. And, you know, I still love reading the book, which I think since I've read it 7 billion times, I feel like that says a lot because I do like to read. And if I still think it's funny and good, I hope everybody else does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I personally can't wait. And even for me to hear that it's a rom-com, I'm like, okay, well, let's get book one out. Let's get book two. And then, hey, let's get a movie. Can we can we think about that at some point? Somebody listening, let's just go ahead and, and call that. Let's make this rom-com reality uh, on the screens. Who knows, right? Oh, Girl, it's already in the works. Oh. I, can't del- I can't tell you anything else, but there are some things on the table and that's, you know, leading oh. to that aha moment. I think some great things could come from the book, which I'm very excited about. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting, Mary. That's so fun. Now, have you held a copy of your book in your hands yet? No, I have seen, I mean, I've appro- we've approved now all the artwork. Oh. No, we get the first copies in, I believe, July. Um, right now they're in something, I can't even remember where they're called. My co-author knows everything about the literary world. I'm like, listen, I know nothing. I can tell you all about the parties. Um, but they are in, we're starting to get reviews now. So early copies are going out via online to people that would, that would hopefully give us good reviews that would go on the book jacket and that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. How exciting. Well, it's so fun to hear even this stage and everyone will have to be on the lookout without a hitch coming out in December. Well, Mary, this has been so fun and I seriously feel like I could talk to you forever. I know I said that earlier, but I need to know, I need to ask you this because you have had so many different, and even with the book, we're going to, we're going to have to dissect and we can just pick apart and think, okay, what's real? What's not. You've had so many different experiences on so many occasions that are like the most important day of people's lives. And you've been at baby showers, you've been at weddings, et cetera, et cetera. And just, and seeing so many different events and and family moments, I feel like it gives you the unique opportunity to have seen and grown in a lot of ways that, that people may not be able to, as you're kind of watching these things unfold. Um, anyways, all of that to say, I'd love to know what is perhaps the greatest lesson that you have learned? Absolutely. I think to be just to be patient. Mm. Um, I'm kind of one of those people that just wants to jump in to everything. Um, and to just like some of these things, I mean, it sounds like it just, you know, we just rolled from one thing into the next, but just to slow down at times and really one, just appreciate what you've already done. And to just be just for me, at least I needed to be a little bit more thoughtful about some of the things. I mean, weddings move at a million miles an hour Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to do that, but also just to slow down and appreciate the successes or the beautiful moments or the big decisions Mm -hmm. and take those a little bit, like just try to, as I say, like slow it down in your mind. So, cause I remember things better and I make way better decisions. And I say (laughs) what I mean to say, and not just what (laughs) tumbles out of my mouth. If I can slow down a bit. Mm. Um, you know, those moments to just even where I'm, it doesn't matter how hellacious a client has been. If the, the times that I have stood at the back of the aisle with a bride and her father or her mother or whoever's walking her down the aisle, she's going herself and those doors open. I mean, there is, I have never worked a wedding and I've worked, like I've said, hundreds where I have not teared up. Mm. Um, it's just so moving and it's so wonderful. And the days that are really hard or I'm like, why did I do this? This is, I mean, wedding planning and eventing anyone in the event business, I swear they're always the top five in New York times and USA today of the most stressful careers on the planet. We're like right under EMT, which is hilarious, Um, (laughs) but it's, it is worth it. It's totally worth it. And Mm. um, I hope that people can find that in their own business to just like take a minute 
and appreciate what they have um, because it, it all moves so fast. Mm. That's such a good advice. I'm, I'm even over here taking a deep breath and thinking, I'm going to take that after when, when we're done, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at my career. I'm going to think, okay, I, I, I've got this. And and for those who are listening, you've got this. And, and there's so many things that you can just oh, pause and just take a moment and recognize what it is that you've done, what it is that you've built, like, like we've seen in Mary's life today. Well, that's really, really oh, just another pause and rewind moment. Beautifully said. So well said. Thank you. Um, well, within that same realm, I, I'd love to know, what are you learning now? Oh my goodness. I am actually learning to say no. I mm. had a few years of, I'm just going to say yes to everything, even though it's crazy. You know, I, I don't say to my friends anymore, like, this is just a crazy stage of life. I'm like, no, it's just always going to be crazy for me because mm. I like to work. I think I could definitely pull back. And that's why I'm what I'm going to get to in a second and do less and not be, um, stressed all the time, but I'm no matter what my nature is to go, go, go. But again, that being said, I now have a lot of opportunities presenting themselves. And I think when you get to that point in life, Mm. not saying yes to everything, I mean, especially on the Instagram front. And I know anyone that's quote unquote, an influencer knows this, you know, there are some people that have to say yes to every opportunity because they are the sole providers for right. their family. I get that. But that is not the case for Mrs. Southern Social. It's not what pays our bills. And so I really am being way more thoughtful about saying no. Mm. And even if it's something that seems super sexy or a lot of money, I'm like, is this really going to be worth my hustle and worth the crazy? Right. Because I can't do everything and stay sane. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> so um, it's going to be a year of no for a while, which is okay. Well, good and it's, so, it's good news. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it is, it's so encouraging because I love the two answers. They tie in together of, of your greatest lesson and then what you're learning now of just taking a moment to take it all in, taking a deep breath, that patience and just looking around being like, wow. But then on top of that, to be in a season of life where there is so much coming at you. And I love, this is like the quote of today's call. I feel like, is it worth the crazy? Okay. That is like my new favorite. Is it worth the crazy? And really to weigh that and and be like, no, it is not worth the crazy. I just love that, Mary. Oh my gosh. I love it. But it's such good advice and, and such great wisdom. Well, within kind of that same realm, but but thinking ahead, uh, you've mentioned the book. Uh, I'd love to know though, is there anything else? Like what what else is next for you? What can we be looking forward to? Absolutely. Um, probably some some interesting collaborations. Um, I really like collaborating with people. I think, you know, I could try to do some of this stuff on my own, like for example, a product line, etc. But I love collaborating. It makes it easier. I like working with teams. Um, Again, I I still do have two children that I have to make time for. (laughs) Um, So I've got some fun collaborations in the works. And then again, book two, I think hopefully y'all will love book one. And a lot of, a lot of the books I've read that have a sequel, the sequel is kind of a letdown after book one. And our goal is to really make book two just as fun as book one. Um, so that's immediately in the pipeline. That's coming down for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. So exciting, Mary. You have so many fun things coming up. Now, I'd love to know, is there anything that we didn't cover today that you'd like to? No, girl, we covered it all. We're, I think we're good. <laughs> we really did. Oh it's my a gosh. lot. It was like, it's a lot, but it's, we covered it all. No, this and the is... Other thing is... again. Success does not come overnight. You know, I think everybody, especially even now, my new people that'll come in with to interview with us, you know, the salaries that they ask or what they expect. I'm like, y'all, I started out like, I mean, at Todd's, they made us work in the floral department and I was, you know, dethorning flowers. I mean, the book will speak to this some, like there are things that I have seen and done, like nothing is too is beneath me. Mm. And it's still to this day, I mean, I have VIP clients that sometimes I will come out of the works and help with, or even with this book, like if you're willing to get your hands dirty, you will get, I mean, for, for hard work, I mean, or related to hard work, like it's so worth it. And I still like, even if I didn't have to help a bride go to the restroom now, I'm still going to do it. You know, there's just, you can't put yourself, even if you think you've, you know, I would say now I could look back and be like, I've made it. Absolutely not. Like, you, if you, when you own your own business, you have to be willing to work hard and get dirty, even 
even at this point in your career. Well, and it speaks to your work ethic. And I, and I love to so many of my listeners and some of you guys, y'all, y'all are recent grads and, and you're younger and you're stepping out in your career and, and there's some expectations for your career that you're thinking and you might want to reevaluate. You might want to think, now, hold on a second. What, have I acted like something's beneath me? Because no, I got to work hard. I got to get out there. I've got to get the coffees. I've got to run the errands. Um, and I think that can be a hard pill for some of my younger friends to to swallow, but it's such a great encouragement because that's where you grow. That's where you rise above other coworkers and, and how you're able to shine is when you recognize like what Mary just said, nothing's beneath me. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to go for it. And um, I think that's such a great encouragement today. Oh my gosh. Well, Mary, I, I literally could talk to you forever. I hope that this is, perhaps we'll have a round two. Maybe when book number two comes out, you'll have to join me again and we can dive in. But I, I love I love your story and I love even from the very beginning the theme of networking. You have 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 made so many different steps and along the way updated former bosses, looped them in and it's just so obvious that you have such a wonderful strong network that you've built and that you've really created for yourself. And I love to ask my guests this story because it, it's how the podcast can continue to grow and we can highlight amazing people. But who do you know that should maybe come on and share their how'd she do that story? Okay, I love Amanda Wilbanks with Southern Baked Pie. Have you had you have not had her on already? No, I don't think so. No, we haven't. Her story is incredible and it's it's so cool. You should definitely talk to her. She now owns one of the most successful pie, like, you know, direct mail companies out there. And her story is so cool. It is literally like from zero dollars in her bank account to lots of zeros in her bank account. (laughs) Um, And that's obviously not how you, that's not the only way you measure success, of course. (laughs) But her story is so cool. And she is, same thing, hard work, networking. And she's just such a wonderful person. And I think she would be a great person to have on this podcast. Oh, amazing. Well, Mary, thank you so much for the recommendation. And you guys will have to be looking out for a potential episode with Amanda. Oh my gosh. Well, Mary, I I know that I mentioned this earlier and and kind of spoke to it. So many of my listeners, um, you guys, you may be listening and you may already be familiar with Mary and all that she's done, but I'd love to know where can listeners connect with you? Absolutely. Um, Instagram, that's kind of the platform that I live on. And that's just you know, at Mrs. Southern Social. And then I also have a blog and website that we keep updated now, thanks to my fabulous business manager um, <laughs> and me delegating finally some of that. And it's just, um, you know, www.mrssouthernsocial.com. Oh, fantastic. Well, we cannot wait to hear your takeaways from this episode. You guys keep us posted. Be sure to go and follow Mary and get excited for, gosh, not one, but two books coming out soon, you guys, December 2021 for Without a Hitch. And we'll stay tuned for the second. Mary, again, thank you so much for your time today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon.